We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome to What's the Score, a series solely dedicated to the support of Central Florida's small business and entrepreneurs. Donated as a community service by Salem Media Group. Now, here's Christopher Hart and Rich Jekyll. Hello again and welcome to What's the Score, the show designed to help you come up with that winning combination for your business and put it into action. Speaking of action, we got the man of action, the man about town, Rich yes. Jekyll in the studio again today. Rich. Hello, Christopher, pour your heart out. Ah, listen to you. All right. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening and thank you for telling your family and friends about the show. The audience is growing and that's that's a great thing. And that means more people are finding out about this great organization and everything they have to offer and other great organizations associated with them. And uh, SCORE been around, let's see, BizFest was, it was originally the, the birthday of SCORE, wasn't it? Wasn't uh, that the first BizFest? Wasn't it the birthday? Second of- one. Okay. Second BizFest, which was what, three years ago? Two years ago. Okay. One year ago. No, one year ago was ours. Oh, okay. Our birthday. All right, yeah. Exactly. Orlando birthday, and then the and year before that. The 50 year birthday. Right. Yeah, the golden right. birthday, as Yes, say. and I feel every year of the gold, it. Yeah, the golden <laughs> anniversary. All right, so uh, it's a great organization that's there for entrepreneurs, whether it's an entrepreneur in the making or an entrepreneur who is in already, the being. Who had already made it. There that's you right. go. And uh, they got something there for everybody because they have volunteers from all walks of life, and in this particular office here, 60-plus volunteers. Right. And they're looking for more. If you got what it takes to be a volunteer, they want you at SCORE. Yeah. And uh, the mentorship program is free, but they also offer all kinds of educational opportunities with seminars and the Breakfast and Now Lunch series. Yeah, very low-priced seminars, just about covers the books. That's that, it. That's about it. And uh, you can find out about everything they have to offer and everything that's going on uh, at SCORE by going to orlando.score.org. That's orlando.score.org. You're welcome to visit them at the National Entrepreneur Center in the Orlando Fashion Square Mall. Uh, right there next to J.C. Penny, just park in the parking garage. Find uh, the vines. you almost said it, didn't you? Find the vines on the walls. We then almost mentioned old Sears. Gone with the wind, they yeah. are. And uh, but uh, now, don't forget. And then if you haven't heard, May the ninth is going to be the next biz fest. The biz fest, right? And this is a great networking opportunity. It's a great opportunity to find out more about Score and the National Entrepreneur Center. If you have not. It's a great opportunity to get a free, professionally done headshot. Headshot. Photograph. Exactly. Everybody needs one. Exactly. And uh, we had a guest just a few weeks ago talking about the importance of having a good headshot and using it in all of your... Be consistent. Cross the line. Facebook, LinkedIn, all the stuff. Right. So if you're going to be plastering that uh, mug everywhere, you want it to look the best, right? (laughs) 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 So go on down to or come on down to the BizFest, May the 9th. This is a uh, pretty much afternoon, evening long event. Starts at noon, ends later that evening after a cocktail reception. And that's uh, just, it's great, uh, as I said, networking opportunity all day long. Plus, huge, huge, huge. And huge. It is, it is Seminars, be, round tables, exactly, all kinds of the, stuff. Uh, uh, speed, uh, speed dialing, speed counseling. Speed counseling. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's all there at BizFest. It is free. You're welcome to come. There'll be refreshments. And, of course, there is the Pitch Fest event, which yes, is one, one of the highlights, as well as the keynote speaker. And if you want to get in on the Pitch Fest, you got a new business up to two years old or uh, an existing business two years and older. There is a category there for each of you. You can go to Orlando.score.org to uh, put in your application, but you better get rolling because they do cut off the applications. Uh, be- last Friday. It's already cut off. It's cut off. All right. Well, never mind all that. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to tell you about that. All right. So just a rewind on that. But 
the thing is, now you can come out and see the Pitch Fest, right? right? And if you did enter the Pitch Fest, they'll be let, letting you know pretty soon if you made the final cut. Yeah, they're in the midst of, of judging right now. Yeah, literally as we speak. And uh, speed counseling is, uh, once again, that that's a great way to really get acquainted with SCORE. Yeah, you know, we just did one of those for... Um, Sam Adams does a support thing for small businesses, and Axion, you know Axion, mm-hmm. uh, the finance guys, they asked us to do speed counseling as, at this event, you know, uh, last week. And so we did it, and it was a huge success, especially since Sam Adams supplied the beer. <laughs> and That's, thanks a lot to Lauren from Axion in New York, who came down and did a great job for us. And to Nick, our local Sam Adams distributor. All right. They were they all there and during this uh, speed counseling. All right. Okay. Sam Adams was there at the beginning of the country, and Sam Adams is There you still go, there. man. All right. Okay. And so, once again, we hope to see you at BizFest, but that's not the only thing. I mean, scores got seminars and events before and after BizFest. Yes, so once again, go to orlando.score.org, visit them at the National Entrepreneur Center, or call them at 407-420-4844. And if you call during regular office hours, Monday through Friday, you will get a human being. It might even be me. It may even be so rich. subhuman being. <laughs> <laughs> human beings and even rich. All right. So uh, once again, uh, please do take advantage of it and... Uh, and just uh, if you're if you're not the, the entrepreneurial kind, but you know someone who is, make sure they know about SCORE. All right. It's all about spreading the word. All right. Speaking of spreading the word, we yeah. have a guest here today who's going to help us do that. All the way from France. All the way from France. Yeah, we had the importer. <laughs> all right. Her name is Belinda Brown. So, Belinda, thanks for being on the show today. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. And, and yes, I'm uh, uh, French, and I was born uh, in France uh, about 40 years ago now. About? <laughs> about. Okay. Uh-huh, about. Uh-huh. And so uh, I was, you know, lucky enough to have a multicultural family, and we were talking about this a little bit earlier. So my mom is French-American, and my dad is from the West Indies, from Martinique. Mm-hmm. And uh, about 10 years ago, I decided that it was uh, my time time to leave my American dream and I decided to leave my job, my home, uh, my boyfriend and to come here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he followed me. Moment. I was going to say, did you leave him for wow. good? All right. No, we are still together and he followed me and uh, we have been celebrating our 17, 17 years of anniversary. So no, yeah, apparently that. it works well. Very good. Mm-hmm. Good for you. And welcome to America. Thank you. And you, uh, you, you, you said you had a job when you were in France. Yes. So you were not an entrepreneur over there. I was not at what all. What did you do? So I was at a time an international negotiator. So I was working in sourcing and procurement for the automotive industry. Huh? And this is what my uh, education was about. I got educated at uh, 27 years old, got my bachelor degree finally, uh-huh. because I became an executive at 20 years old. And I was leading and uh, managing a team of 80 uh, women for quite some time uh, for a large corporation, uh, which is the competitor of Walmart, Carrefour. And uh, I was able to climb the ladder uh, one job after another. Nice. And then um, uh, in 2005, I found myself uh, in a quandary. Who am I? What do I want to do? And I hired an executive coach to help me to find my uh, path. And Uh this is how I ended up uh, going back to school, getting a bachelor degree in global sourcing and procurement. Okay. And you mentioned that you managed 80 women. Yes. No men? At the time, no, because they were only uh, all cashiers. And uh, in uh, oh, these industries, okay. yeah, in this, you know, industry in France, we have may, mostly, you know, women. I know this is a shame, but this is how it works. So I had two guys in a team of uh, 82 people. Those poor guys. <laughs> they were. <laughs> poor well, I think I feel more sorry for you than them. But, uh, yeah. well, never mind. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, forget that. Yeah. So you had managerial experience and yes. uh, executive experience. Yes. And yes. you were you procured uh, 
what uh, assembly parts for automobile industry, you said? So I was actually uh, supporting the team uh, in research and development, and we were uh, manufacturing um, all the prototypes for the new cars, and we were presenting those prototypes in uh, Geneva for the, the international uh, fair uh, in automotive. And I was also supporting and supplying products for the electronics and uh, the new upcoming uh, electronics. And so at the time, we had something really interesting was um, everything has this, you know, in his car now, but it was working on GPS and how do you source and to procure those type of projects to have innovation. So this was part of my experience before moving to the States uh, in 2007. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now... Over here, typically, if you did something like that, you would be doing it with one particular company. Mm-hmm. Is that, that I don't get the impression that that's the way it was over there. No, I, I am um, actually a, a really chameleon, and I was able to go from one industry to another, one company to another, uh, and it's not usual uh, the same way than here. Usually people stay in the same industry or yeah. stay in the same line of business. But I was really curious about uh, everything. So I think that this is certainly how I became an entrepreneur later on. I was just thinking that myself, <laughs> that, that you were already sort of exhibiting some of the behavior yep. and, uh, some of the, and getting some of the experience. Yes. I didn't know about this when uh, I was you know, going through the process. But when I was able to meet with this coach, helping me to piece things together and say, OK, this is a puzzle. Now you have to assemble it. And I became naturally an entrepreneur in 2011 when I decided to leave Disney. I was working for Disney and I was in their sourcing and procurement team. And I was uh, sourcing um, uh, MRO and so maintenance, repair and operations. Uh, So everything that was related to uh, spare parts for the rides uh, globally. So not only for the U.S., but also for France and for uh, Hong Kong. which is, you know, one of the park of Disney, of course. And is that when you figured that I should be working for myself outright? Uh, what, you know, was really interesting, it's uh, I have always been really good with what I have been trying to learn and doing. So I was successful in all my positions. What was really uh, interesting, it's uh, at some point, just bringing money to an organization and profit to an organization was not fulfilling anymore. I wanted to be able to bring more and to be more focused on the people and uh, so I was feeling a little bit depleted uh, and uh, in my energy and less motivated. So that's why as well, I think every two or three years I was tra- changing jobs or changing companies because I didn't identify that I wanted to do sim- something different in my life. Hmm. And mm-hmm. so I figured out that um, I would explore uh, what coaching was because when I met my first coach in 2005, I was 28 uh, when I hired my first executive coach. She couldn't believe that I was hiring her. She says, you are my youngest client and I don't think that you can afford my services. And I say, of course I can. And when she gave me the price, I say, yes, I can. But it took me. <laughs> it went from of course I can to just <laughs> yes, I can. No. Uh, all right. Well, I tell you what, if you can hold it right there for a of couple of course. minutes, we have to take a break. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation with Belinda Brown, and uh, she's going to tell you about the business that she started as a result of all of this experience that that is leading up to that. So stick around for that. And don't forget to come around for the BizFest. The BizFest. May 9th. Getting close, man. You're going to be there. You're going to be there, right? I will be traveling overseas. I was supposed to be a speaker, and unfortunately, I'm not available on that day. All right. Anyway, stick around for more of her today on What's the Score? We'll be right back. Okay, welcome back to What's the Score? Christopher Hart here along with Rich Jekyll, and today's guest is Belinda Brown. And by the way, her business that she has started is called Equanimity Executive. So you were leading up to this. Yes. Uh, it, it dawned on you at some point as you were doing so much uh, in the States here for Disney and others that uh, you could be doing getting more satisfaction, not necessarily more money, you were saying, but more satisfaction out of working for yourself, doing what you really have the passion for. Yes. I think that uh, at first when I decided to go for coaching and going back to school for one year at the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching here in the United States, so it was a one-year program. Excuse me, where is that? 
It's uh, located, they have seven locations uh, all around the country, and they have also one school in Canada and one in London. What's it called mm. again? IPEC, the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching. Okay. So really great school, one of the best uh, in the world. Today they are offering a one-year program, so meaning that you are getting really involved and you are coach yourself to make sure that you can support your clients the best way that you can. Mm. And so when I became and go, went you know, through this process, I didn't even think that I would become an entrepreneur. I thought that I would be hired by a company that we are doing coaching. Uh-huh. The thing is you find out really quickly that uh, the coaching industry, it's a really fragmented market. Uh, 92% of coaches are solopreneurs. So only 8% of big corporation and big organization exist for coaching. So naturally, I opened my business when I got my first client and I was still in coaching school because they encourage you to start to coach uh, friends, but mm. also people that you meet. And um, as a French, I did not you know, expect to be hired at my first consultation with uh, a client because I was not certified yet. And coming from my culture, if you don't have a degree or certification in my mindset, it's really hard for you to get hired. Mm. I had a, this complimentary session with her and uh, a friend of a friend who was in Canada. And she mentioned at the end of the session, she said, okay, I want to hire you. Wow. I said, okay. Where did she <laughs> want to hire you as? Coach? As a coach, of all course, right. because all I did right. a great job. And uh, I told her, okay, how much do you want to pay me? Because I never you know, thought about <laughs> any of this. <laughs> they didn't teach you that. You didn't get to that course yet. Not it's yet. Cool, huh? I was, you know, three months in uh, out of a year of program. So I didn't, you know, expect to have clients until the end. Yeah. And it was really interesting because when she uh, mentioned, you know, the price that she was willing to pay, I said, okay, yes, let's do it. But when I hang up the phone, I had to open a business. <laughs> and that's right. Yeah. Right. So you because I wanted to do things properly right, and right. to respect, you know, the law. And so I decided that I would um, uh, look online and making sure that I would protect myself as well with my job. Yeah. And so I decided to open an LLC and the next day... Very I good. My Very good. LLC and uh, started, you know, to look for information about business. Are you a citizen now or were you a citizen then when you opened the business? I was not. I was a green card holder because my mom uh, is American and, and she has a citizenship, citizenship right. so she was able to sponsor me. And uh, I am waiting for my citizenship. So maybe in a couple of months, I will, you know, be swearing and uh, well, become good. a citizen. Well, so I'm excited. Will. We yes. hope you will. That's that's fantastic. Thank uh, the you. reason I asked is I just wanted to, to to clarify that people who come here with the proper documentation and stuff can set Definitely. down roots. And Definitely. So uh, once again, welcome to America. You're you're a great Thank addition, you. and uh, it is the the American spirit to come over here and do what your passion is. Yep, and especially the entrepreneurial yeah, passion. Yeah. Yes. And, and, it, and a lot of people think that the passion is always tied up with money, and it's not. That, that's why you know it, it's it's interesting that you come here, yes. from another country, and that's what you're finding. And see. This is something I think people should take in consideration, Rich, when they're thinking about a business, mm-hmm. you know, is what is your passion, right? And then the, 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 if, if it's a legitimate business and you got a legitimate plan, the, the money will follow. Totally right? agree. But if, if you go into it, where can I make a bunch of money? Yeah. It, it, you're, you're, it's going to be a harder row to hoe. There is a very gray area between a hobby and a business. When does a hobby become a business? Yeah. You know mm-hmm. when? When, you when it starts making, making money. money. <laughs> but then you lose the passion for the hobby. Yeah. It's interesting, so, but, yeah. you know, if you love the hobby and you love doing it, then you'll love doing business. Mm-hmm. There you go. So you became a coach. Yes, I became a certified uh, coach and uh, I started to coach executive because this was my expertise and the experience that I had working uh, in different, you know, industries and different corporations. So it was really interesting because my goal when I left coaching school was to support expatriates. So people like me that were coming in another country or going to another country. So American traveling overseas for work and being transferred with their family. And this was my goal and to work specifically with male over 45 because they were my mentors 
And I worked for 15 years in male-dominated industries. So this is what I knew the best. Mm. Uh, after working for those uh, 80 women for two years, I decided that I would work for men. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm have not made touching it. that one with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> so, uh, but I take it it was a successful uh, decision. Amazing decision. And 18 months later, I do my numbers like a corporate girl because I kept, you know, this corporate uh, mentality and yep. mentality to run my business. Yeah. And I did, you know, my quarterly you know, reviews. And after 18 months, I realized that 90% of my clients are female. Wow. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> so, so I call my coach. Okay. And uh, I tell her, okay, what do I do? Do I shut down the door? What do I do? Because I feel uncomfortable because this is not what I chose to do. And I had, you know, a decision to make, and uh, the decision was uh, the right one, and it's to embrace those clients that were trusting me and to try to understand what they were looking for and what they were embracing in my personality to help them to reach their own goals. Mm -hmm. And so it was a revelation for me and, and a great process. And um, this is certainly what I would like to share with small business owners as well. Sometimes you have an idea, you have a passion, and it's not exactly turning the way that you want it, but you have the choice at any given moment to embrace it. And if you embrace it, it will just, you know, start to yep. deliver yep. and to bring you the satisfaction that you want. And you will start to learn more and expand as well. Yep. Go with the flow. Yes. And so now your your passion, I see, it lies in empowering women. Yes. Yes, and it does. Equanimity. What does that mean? So equanimity was, uh, uh, it, it, it's a word, a Buddhist uh, name, actually, that uh, uh, means calmness of the mind and making decision in a state of mind that it's always calm. So I'm not a Buddhist, but I went to uh, meditate one night in uh, a temple. And just to have the experience, because I went, you know, to churches, I went to different, you know, places, mosques, and trying different, you know, things just to understand a little bit more about myself, but also about other people's perspective. All right. And the night that I went, they were teaching a lesson about equanimity. And I found that it was exactly okay, what I wanted to bring to my client. It's really peace of mind and calmness of the mind in any given yeah. situation, whether it's a transition, a conflict, uh, or a, difficult situation. Uh, especially difficult situations, I would think. Mm -hmm. right? Yes, uh, because that's that's when you need it the most. Yes, and that's when you're least likely to have it. <laughs> of course. So it, it, it's not a uh, it's not it's not a trait that we're usually born with, right? Uh, oh some no. Pe some people, I suppose, but uh, most people, you know, in, in, a, in a tumultuous situation, they get rattled, and uh, so it is. Uh, and you, you you think that that's more the case with women than men, and and not for any particular reason. No, no, no. no it's a, we have uh, the same type of uh, way of uh, getting to a place when we are stressed or when we have difficult um, situations. So it's more about being just a human being. Human beings, we are using our mm -hmm. reptil uh, reptilian brain. We are just you know going back to instinct for and. Uh, just primal instincts. Yes, primal instincts to defend ourselves, to protect ourselves when we feel that we will get hurt or mm -hmm. that somebody is um, threatening. threatening, you know, our values. And so I help people to just detach from this emotional state to be able to look at the situation, how it is and not how they feel it is. Do you find that people are finding themselves in these situations in more areas of their life? In business? <laughs> well, I'm talking about not just in business, but in, in other areas of their life, too. Yes, in I, any area. We're, we're in an unsettled political climate right now. Yes, I agree. And, Globally, and, not only here. Not, exactly. <laughs> but it seems to me that equanimity is the should be the rule of the day. I think so. Or, and, uh, or at least people should move toward that sort of thing. Because right now everything is so bubbling up. Yep, turmoil. Yes. Tumultuous, exactly. Yes, and, and I helped you know, most of my clients to look at this. I remember uh, the day after the election here in the U.S., many of my clients were unsettled. And, uh, I can imagine. Yes, and they were unsettled. I, I work with executives, and they were unsettled because their spouse voted for One, the other party. Right, and they voted for the other, right. And, and it was, I think... Um, 
one of the most complicated situations for them to deal with because they were threatening their own values. And I just, you know, helped them to remove themselves from the emotional state and say, okay, what did actually happen? What did your husband or wife vote for? Is it, you know, for the men or is it, you know, for the ideas and the concept that were brought? And so by being able to do that, they were able to recover a lot faster. But it, it took a while. And for women, a lot of them had many challenges when their husband voted, you know, for uh, the uh, opponent and uh, felt uh, betrayed because their values were touched when actually it was nothing about them. It was about economy. Right. It was about politics. It has mm-hmm. nothing to do with us personally. We're making a decision based on our business, based on our families, based on what we feel will be secure for us, we don't, you know, vote for somebody to say, yeah, right. I don't want, you know, you to be that way. Right. Not at all. Nothing, you know, changed for the past, you know, 20 years that we are married. So it wasn't a personal thing, but people were taking it yes. personally. Of course and, and we they, do. And they had to Still step. Are. And they had to step. Oh, yeah, exactly. And that's why I, that's why I wanted to go this way a little bit. I really appreciate be, because it. Because it, it's, it's, that's why we need to step back away from that. You yep. see, it, people take things much too personally. Yes. And, uh, and, and it's, and it affects them more, more so than, than the people that, you know, they're, they're offended by or whatever. So, uh, equanimity executive.com is the website. Equanimity is spelled E-Q-U-A-N-I-M-I-T-Y. Equanimity, just as it sounds. Equanimity. Executive.com. Okay? And Belinda's phone number is 321-300-4898. 321-300-4898. And you're an executive coach, but you, this is as much about being a life coach as anything, it seems like, right? So what you know is well, really... Well, I tell you what, I, I, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that to you because we have to take a break. But hold that thought and we'll pick of it course. up on the other side. Okay. When we come back, and once again, we'll be talking with Belinda Brown. And she is the CEO of Equanimity Executive. All right. We'll be right back with more of What's the Score? Okay, welcome back to What's the Score? Once again, we hope to see you at BizFest May 9th. That's just Biz right Fest. around the corner. Two weeks almost. Yeah, you know that? exactly. And we'll be there doing a live radio broadcast. Yes. It won't be the What's the Score show. It'll be my the other show, the American, American Adversaries. Adversaries. But that was the birthplace that's of What's the exactly Score. exactly what I was going to say. Thank you All for right. stealing my words. Oh, sorry. <laughs> You want me to rewind and you just you say it? <laughs> no, that's all right. All right. That, of course, is Rich Jekyll. I am Christopher Hart, and today we're uh, joined by Belinda Brown, uh, a, a new addition to our culture and our society. And our country. And our, and our mm-hmm. country, and a great one at that. And she's working to be an American citizen. And But she's still going to do her duty. She's going back to France uh, just to do some uh, business over there, but also to vote. Definitely. So, uh, good mm-hmm. luck to your candidate. Um, Thank you. Once again, do you need any of that equanimity before you go? <laughs> I have, you know, been practicing a lot okay. <laughs> the past few weeks. <laughs> I wasn't going to ask, but I was wondering. All right. Uh, so, equanimityexecutive.com is her website. Equanimity Executive is primarily executive coaching. Yes. And so, are you now getting your clients by word of mouth? A lot by word of mouth, and I have also a lot of uh, um, other you know, ways because since I am a global coach and I'm part uh, of the International Coach Federation as a registered you know, mentor and also as a community chair for this uh, ICF chapter here in Orlando, I'm getting a lot of traction and I'm traveling a lot overseas to help people to understand what coaching is about and making sure that we have professional coaches that are trained to make sure that since they are getting into the life of people, and you were talking about life coaching earlier, that they have the proper tools and the pro- proper process to not involve themselves and their own beliefs and judgment to make sure that they are not guiding people and they are letting people to get their own solutions. I, I was going to ask you, is it difficult to be a coach? Because pe- people tend to be sort of clam up in those situations. 
No, it's not difficult at all. When um, each of my clients is teaching me something about myself and helping are, me. Are they willing to open up to you, though? Yes, As of much course. as you like? Yeah. Yes, because we have a, a, a confidentiality agreement and we have a code of ethics that require us, like any other, you know, um, profession, profession like score, to law, yes. lawyers, yeah, score, lawyers yeah. to have Doctors. confidentiality unless the person is in danger, of course. But uh, besides, you know, this, there is total confidentiality. When I'm hired by a large corporation uh, and uh, they hired me and they pay me, I cannot even share anything about what I'm working with, with yeah. my coach yeah. within the organization, the sponsor just get a report that people are showing up for the session and that they are engaged in the process. But that's pretty much what they get. So they open up and sometimes they give me more details about their life that they will, you know, give to their spouse, uh, which is really um, interesting because they uh, have the opportunity really to release some of the stress and the, the tension. Uh, sometimes when an executive, uh, I call that the solitude of the, the CEO, for example, uh, cannot, you know, talk about confidential things happening or future, you know, layoff or situation that are happening in the organization related mm -hmm. to harassment. And uh, they cannot share that with a spouse or a colleague or anyone within the organization. So this is uh, a safe space for them to think about how they can address the situation uh, with equanimity and to get to a place where they feel confident about their decision and confident about how they can continue to grow themselves and expand and support and empower others. I see. I remember when uh, at the end of our our thing, we were we went from six million to three hundred and eighty million. Mm -hmm. But then when the market crashed back in 2000 for I.T. Yes. I.T. solutions, we were overextended. So I had to go in and close like five offices mm -hmm. and I couldn't talk about it and couldn't say anything. I just flew out and was yeah. at the door handing out paychecks when the people came in. That was ugly, ugly. Yeah. And certainly so ugly if I would have had equanimity at that time, mm -hmm. I could have been at peace. <laughs> yes, and, and at least, you know, feel comfortable with the decision and, and uh, right. not, you know, be the one uh, having to um, carry uh, alone, you know, the burden. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You ever get a situation where you go, no, 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 we, we don't. You're telling me too much. That's not my, that's not my uh, purview. I'm uh, just teasing. But uh, <laughs> when corporations call you or is it usually because they have a problem or because they're thinking ahead? So it was uh, at the beginning, it was because they call me because they have a problem. And now because of my brand, and I work with Diane Diaz, who was one of your uh, guests, you know, a few Recent, weeks ago. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, now people are calling me because they want to be proactive. And this is really what I like. Of course, I can, you know, go and be the firefighter, but I am not here to fix people. I am here to enhance their performance and help them to uh, get, you know, better results and to continue to grow and to uh, feel good within an organization so the, the organization can retain them and continue to see productivity and progress. So this is uh, the part that I like the most. But yes, of course, sometimes I am uh, getting in an organization that um, realize that it's too late, but I am willing if they have uh, the openness to uh, really uh, look at uh, the, the conflict or the situation from uh, an emotional intelligence standpoint, mm -hmm. I'm you know, willing to help them. And last year I had a, a, a corporation, $57 million. Uh, um, I don't remember how many employees they had, but a really, really nice uh, um, society, a com company. And uh, they have seven uh, partners. The thing is, uh, one of the partners is something that they really didn't think that he would do and, and borrowed some money from the organization. And Ooh. it became... Borrowed? Yeah, borrowed, borrowed. because they started this company about 10 years ago as friends mm -hmm. and they all, you know, put some money aside and he needed some of his money back, but no process were in place and they didn't see uh, the organization yeah. growing from going from $1 million to $57 million and having more employees that they can chew. And so communication was not working. Yep. Uh, yep. uh, with, you know, this event, they had, you know, loss of the trust in one of the people that they were working uh, with. And I was, you know, brought in to manage, you know, the conflict, not from um, a mediation standpoint, but a coaching standpoint. And what was to really... To help them all cope with that situation. I helped them to detach the emotional state right. from what was actually happening and why it did happen and what we could do about it because they had two options, going to court 
or yeah, work get, you know, or work it out. And going into court was about hiring a lawyer, creating more mis- yeah. distrust within the organization, right. yeah. jeopardize so you, the employees. you helped them, even though it was an emotional event, you helped them see it in a business sense. Yeah, and they were surprised about the process. The first um, hour, I had them to just, you know, sit at the table and say, okay, you have several, you know, coupons of different colors, red, green, and orange, like any lights. And each of us uh, had the opportunity to speak for five minutes without being interrupted about how they were feeling about the situation, saying, I feel that way because this, 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 instead of to be accusatory, which mm-hmm. would have, you know, caused more defensiveness. So it was a really interesting process because after this, people were able to just, you know, raise their small red, uh, yellow um, or green uh, paper to say if they were upset about what was said or if they were okay uh, motivated. It. No, it's a vote. And and it, it was just creating awareness about how they were feeling. And after that, we were able to get to the bottom of it. And the bottom of it is they don't have any process in the organization when those type of things happen yeah. because he was in good faith. He never you know, thought about stealing money. He just felt, I put you know, more when I came in. Now we have a lot of money. I need that to do something with it. I'm just you know, taking it back. But no, it's not how it works. <laughs> so in order to help people get cut through the emotion to get to, to the business Mm-hmm. You had to help them work that emotion out. Exactly. And to detach from the emotion. Not, not set it aside, bring it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they also had to respect each other's but opinions. Exactly. But that was part of the process, right. though. Yes. It, it was, okay, let's get it all out, but in a respectful way. Don't, yes. don't hold anything yep. back, but don't be you know, a jerk. Exactly. And And so in doing that, you helped them... Basically, blow off steam. Yes. And then they could finally look at the problem and say, look, this is actually, it was all of our creation. Yes. He just brought it to our attention. Exactly. Right? And so let's fix this. Mm -hmm. Right? Instead of being mad at one another and maybe blow the whole thing. Yeah. And remember, I've been preaching about those articles of dissolution Mm -hmm. for partnerships. Right. That's what it's all about for to cover instances like that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. You know. Uh, okay. Once again, uh, Belinda's organization is Equanimity Executive, and that's the name of the website, equanimityexecutive.com. Once again, you spell equanimity, E-Q-U-A-N-I-M-I-T-Y, executive. And uh, the phone number is 407 uh, oh, I'm sorry. It's 321. 321. 321. 3004898321300-4898. And uh, she's available uh, to coach. Of course. Right? And uh, she is going to Europe here in a few days, but she'll be back uh, shortly and uh, ready to go to work. Do you have partners or, or people who st- sort of stand in for you or also, I mean, do what you're doing? Yes, definitely. So what has been happening since uh, 2014, I am part of the UCF Business Incubator because my goal is to expand my business uh, to the point where I can support also other coaches Mm -hmm. that just want to coach. They don't want to be business owners because this is the issue that we have with coaches. They have a passion, Mm -hmm. but they have no uh, desire to run a business and to go about marketing. So what I am trying to accomplish... In the traditional sense. Yes. But once they start coaching, they're in business. Yes. They just want the Exactly. Right. No yeah. well, they just want to be able to work with people mostly. Yeah. Yes, and, and, and this is, you know, uh, a shame because we have a lot of coaches today that are making less than $10,000 a year and they are, you know, going back to work when we need people in the field and in corporation and in families and in communities to coach uh, leaders. Huh? Yes. So you're working with the UCF Incubator. Yes. And you also work with the National Association of Women Business Owners, correct? Yes. Not NABO. NABO. Mm-hmm. And you function there as a mentor? Yes. I am a mentor for uh, the program Women Who Win. Uh, so it's uh, uh, young uh, students that are uh, thinking about opening a business or becoming an entrepreneur. So they are still studying in uh, at UCF. I see. And we are supporting them and giving them the chance to look at their project uh, in a fashion that uh, will help them to make the decision because many women want to open a business, but then they think about when I will have kids, it will be complicated and I'm a woman. And when 
men or women for me are the same. I am the proof of it. I didn't have a degree until 28. I was working only with male uh, in many industry after 21 uh, years old, after my first uh, uh, manager, you know, uh, role. And it was really interesting to see that I was never having any door closed. Hmm. None. Never had any issue to get the salary that I deserved. Uh, and I was uh, often offered more, 20 to 30% more than my peers that were male because I was mentored by male. They say, you knock to the door and you ask for what you want. And I think that it is why I am attracting so many women today. It's because I don't have this bias about being a woman. You tell them they can do it too. We got to take a break though. We'll be right back. Okay, welcome back to What's the Score? The show designed to help you come up with that winning combination for your business. And one of the best ways to get the message out is via radio. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Did you know that every week, some 94% of Americans listen to the radio? No kidding. No kidding. Wow. At some point in their week, they will listen to the radio. Yeah. Uh, old-fashioned radio. They might even be right? listening to us. They I might do. be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people still listen at home, and almost everyone listens in their car mm-hmm. and at some point or another. And so it is still a very effective medium to use to get your message out. And that's why Belinda's in here today. She's getting her message out on radio. That's that's why we do this score show is to get the message uh, of score and what they have to offer here yeah. out to people in the community. And radio is the most of, one of the most effective ways yet still to do that. And radio is not going anywhere. It's, it's going to be here. It's a technology that is uh, very basic and uh, especially in emergency situations, very useful. So it's a form of communication that's not going to go anywhere. And you don't want your clients going somewhere else. So mm-hmm. go to Bill Files, or I should say, come on over and visit with Bill Files. He's the manager here at the Salem Media Group in Orlando. Four great radio stations here, powerful signals, uh, some with uh, FM uh, simulcast. And uh, Bill's been in radio business all of his life. Uh, he's really good at it. And he's got a great team here that can help you get your message into the ears of the people you want it to hear. You want to hear it. His phone number is 407-618-1760, 407-618-1760. And when you call Bill, uh, please give, uh, tell him you say thanks for the What's the Score show. You're not kidding. Uh, the, the station is giving us a community service, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah. it's great. Yep. Without this totally great agree. team here, this, this show would not be possible. Right. And now, speaking of radio shows, you have got a podcast. Yes, I do. You being Belinda. Belinda yeah, Brown. Yeah, me okay. being yeah. Belinda. Yeah, yeah I where, have where, a podcast. Where, where, where can people find it? They can find it on iTunes, uh, iStitcher, and any other uh, podcast uh, listeners that they have been using on their cell phones, smartphones, online. Uh, it, do you just call it the Belinda Brown Show? No, it's called Planting the Seeds of Change. Um, and uh, you can find it on any of those platforms that you are used to listen and any podcast um, provider can uh, publish it because it's published everywhere. Hmm. So it's a really interesting show helping people to cope with change and to take action. Sometimes they feel stuck uh, and they feel that they want to do something different. Uh, it might be mindset. It might be managing a new conflict differently. It might be changing their brand. So helping them to go through the process using planting the seeds of change. Before we went to the break, you were talking about uh, primarily empowering women and yes. making them aware of the opportunities that are there for them right now. Uh, is the podcast focused on that as well? The podcast, it's uh, for everyone who wants... It's a little wants more general. More general, and it helps everyone to get rid of the labels that they are wearing. Because whether you know you are a man, a woman, uh, African-American, uh, any type of minority and label that you are you know, carrying is diminishing you. Know, you. Today, I hear also white male having, you know, some challenges because it diminish actually what they are, you know, bringing to the table. I'm working also with a couple of uh, those white male that have created tons of jobs and supported, you know, organizations that feel diminished 
because they are labeled that way. So I'm helping people to just be human beings and bring their best self to work, Boys. to their life. Once again, we, we so badly need this uh, in our political process here because it has diminished into labels. Yes. And uh, it, it helps to feed into the frenzy mm-hmm. because people aren't human beings anymore. They're this label. Yes. And many people label themselves. And you, you mentioned that. And as you said, whether somebody else is labeling you or you and you buy into it or you label yourself, you are diminishing yourself. I love the way yes. you said that because, in fact, you are. You're, you're seeing yourself as something less than what you should see them, yeah. yourself as. Or a portion of who you are. Because, yeah, of course I'm a woman and I won't say that I'm not a woman, but I'm a human being before that. And this is what matters. And what I bring to the table every day as a human being um, is my brain, is my body, is my strengths, is the communication that I have. It's not just I am a woman. I remember that one of my clients had a lot of challenges to get her promotions from director position to a VP position. For many years, she has been in her role for almost 40 year, 14 years. And uh, when we started to work together, her leader called me and said, uh, I want to hire you because I am not able to coach her. I am a male, 50 plus, and she's not responding uh, really well to my comment. And he said, I know that she has the potential, she's ready, but she is actually creating roadblocks in front of her. She, and I she want was blocking you, him out. Blocking him out, but also blocking her own career. Right, I see. Right. Blocking and herself in. Holding yes. herself in, yeah. And so I was able to work with her. And after three months, he thought that she had 18 months to be promoted. She was promoted three months later. Wow. Uh, and she shifted her entire mindset uh, about actually the labels that she was, you know, carrying. And I say, of course you are a woman, but if you were tomorrow just a human being, how would you behave in those, you know, meetings with other, you know, males? And she was able to come up with a solution. And she was bringing herself as a human being instead of to bring herself as a woman, polished, that needs to be pretty, that needs... And I say, no, if you were a man or if you were just a human being tomorrow and you had the ability to choose and what you would bring to the table, what would it be? And she just did, and she got over herself and was able to accomplish a lot more. And same thing for mm. the gender gap with the salary. It's the same type of thing, and it still exists. I don't want to deny this. But I think that as women, we still believe that it's uh, refraining us to get exactly what we want. When, when I'm negotiating my salary, I know exactly what I want, and I always knew what I wanted. And sometimes I didn't get exactly the salary that I wanted from a pay standpoint, but I know that I wanted to have nine weeks of vacation. I got them. And this is what I negotiated. Mm. And this is part of a compensation. And I think instead of to look at the tree in the forest, we need you know, to look at the forest and say, okay, appreciate you know, what you have and see how all those elements can really come together and integrate and be valued for you, not valued for what the society is calling for. Do you think you could make him pretty? I think so. You think? Well, I, you know, how do you I, think? Uh, how do you think that they can make you pretty? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it. I have a paper bag over my head for starters. Uh, She's going to psychoanalyze you. No, it no. is. Uh, uh, but I was just thinking, boy, I hope there's a lot more like you on their way to the United States. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Because, uh, boy, do we need that kind of thinking here yes. right now. Because yes, yes. Uh, our, our we have taught our youth especially the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. And, and we're doing it even today. Uh, that there are limitations out there, you know, that they're waiting, they're lurking for you. They're, you know, and, and it's because you're a woman. It's because you're this. It's because you're that. And that begins the process. Excuses. Uh, Excuses. It begins the process of one locking themselves in because they buy into that, especially when they are inundated with it. They hear it everywhere. Yeah. Right. And uh, it really takes some work to cut through that because, but it is at the end of the day, learned behavior. Mm -hmm. You know, the bad news is they've learned it. Yes. The good news is they learned it. Yes. So it can be unlearned or relearned or, 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 yeah. or re- re- a different learning. Yes. Right. So it, it's uh, but it takes work and, and it takes good, you know, conscientious coaching. Uh, and and it, it, at least it's happening. Um, now, uh, you said you're going to Europe and then uh, when you come back, 
Uh, are are you going to? Are there any particular seminars or things that you're involved in? Uh, do you yes. work with SCORE and stuff? So I am, you know, involved with uh, the Florida Diversity Council, and I will be speaking uh, in a few weeks, actually, about uh, unconscious bias and how we can actually make a difference in organization and not only check boxes. Uh, and this is really practical. What I will bring to the table, it's uh, another approach and something related to uh, labels and bias, helping people to see the process differently instead of to say we need to have X, Y, Z number of people of different, you know, culture or different, you know, backgrounds. Let's, you know, come all together and see, okay, instead of to create those groups, let's reintegrate everybody. Let's have people to ah. communicate. Let's people to uh, look into how they can empower themselves and appreciate difference instead of to recreate again more yeah. compartments. Barriers, yeah. <laughs> more labels. Is this part of your training as to become a coach or is this your philosophy that you're applying as a coach? So it's a little bit of both because in the coaching school that I went, uh, we have um, what we call the energy leadership uh, index. And it was developed by the founder of the school, so Bruce D. Schneider, uh, 17 or 18 years ago. And he brought, you know, this philosophy because he has a PhD in uh, theology and he has also theology, theology. Yeah. So mm -hmm. he studied different, you know, religions mm -hmm. uh, because he was, you know, looking for answers truth. Uh, and truth. And uh, but also had a psychology uh, PhD as well. So he brought a lot of this into our training. And I think that uh, I was raised in a family that was really spiritual and really open to new ideas and new perspective. I uh, was raised by a single mom and uh, and my mom uh, was raised as well by a single mom. My grandmother was a single mom after that. My grandfather went came back to the U.S. Mm. And so uh, it was really interesting for me to just being curious. And uh, I think that I'm bringing this curiosity and this. Um, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it, it is, it's very spiritual too what you're doing because you're you're empowering people's souls and their spirits yes. to find themselves. Yes. And everything that we do in life almost takes us away from that, right? And that's why people. Not the only reason, but one reason why people look to religion because they they're it's empty. When you're led away from your true self, you, 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 it's an emptier and emptier feeling. Mm -hmm. And people turn to drugs and, and yeah. other sources uh, to try to fill that empty feeling. Yes. But it's, it's really because they're so distant away from what their true spirit needs. Exactly. And, and this is what I'm helping a lot of my clients to do because most of my clients are above, you know, beyond 45, 50 years old. Uh, either, you know, it's women or men. And what is really interesting is I'm dealing with them usually when they are going through what they call the midlife crisis, yes, which is yes. for me the midlife opportunity to finally reconcile with who you were and who yeah. you meant to be. And this is really interesting because they find passion in what they do instead of to chase passion for passion. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes it works. For me, it works. I was chasing passion and I found it. But I help also some of my clients to bring passion in what they do. Because they are good at what they are doing, but they lost the passion along the way. Yeah. And how do you bring it back? Right. How do you we'll realign with burnout. yourself? All right. Burnout. Folks, if you want to bring the passion back, give Belinda a call. <laughs> three two one five what that is. Three two one three zero zero forty eight ninety eight. Three two one three zero zero forty eight ninety eight. Equanimity Executive.com. E Q U A N I M I T Y Equanimity Executive.com been a fascinating conversation uh you're gonna have to come in and sit in on my other show because uh boy we you really got something to offer okay wonderful all right would love to thank all you right. okay it's a date all right <laughs> so anyway good luck uh and, and travel safely to thank france you, and back yes. and thank once you, Rich. again vote right good luck to your country over there in this election i'm mm -hmm. sure they'll choose the right candidate we hope so all right we're gonna find <laughs> out one way or the other all right but you'll be prepared just in case right yes okay uh once again don't forget biz fest may 9th see you next week like us bye